Hello, welcome to Life Stamps, stories from here and there. Every week I'll have a new interview with a new person telling their own personal story about where they came from and where they are now. Stories from here and there. This week, I went to a favorite cafe of mine called Favela Brazilian Cafe. It's in um, Southeast Portland on Foster Road. If nobody's been there, I encourage you to check it out. Um, I've been friends with the um, owner of this little operation named Rodrigo for quite a bit. And so I finally got a chance to sit down with him and talk to him and, you know, talk to him a little bit about his story and how he got to where he is now. Um, also, um, this week, I'll be posting my email in the description. That's lifestamps2021 at gmail.com. You'll see in the description. If you have any questions, I'll get back to you. And I encourage you to follow my podcast. And if you want to support this show, I would greatly appreciate it. You can see the listener support link also in the description. Thank you. And we'll get to my interview with Rodrigo very soon. Hello to my listeners. I'm here back from my road trip. I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm at a cafe that I like to come to quite often. I've known the owners. Um, his name is Rodrigo. And if you're ever in Southeast Portland, Oregon, the name of the place is Favela Brazilian Cafe. And I'd like to introduce the owner, Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the beautiful interview and yeah, invitation. How, how are you doing today? It's pretty cold. It is, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, uh, not doing much right now since I've been back because I've been trying to readjust to the rain and the, uh, <laughs> the, yeah. the kind of colder weather. I had snow and sun and stuff when I was on the road, but it, um, you know, that sun makes all the difference. <laughs> right. So is it hard to be back here? A little bit, but, you know, I've returned from holidays before yeah. and stuff, you know, in January, and I think, like, that's just the reality of it, if it's January or February, right. and then I come back, and then it's, like, a little bit of definitely a, a weather readjustment. <laughs> I know. That's the same thing every year. Apart from this year, usually we go to Brazil in the winter, oh, so we go okay. to the summer there. Yeah. And we enjoy, recharge, and we come back knowing that it's going to take still a couple of months for us to see the sun here. <laughs> yeah. Does Brazil have a lot of um, festivals and stuff in like January, February? Uh, they, well, New Year is a big thing for us, and then Carnival in February or March. Gotcha. Is a big thing. Between New Year's and Carnival, it's, it's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, whatever inspired you to uh, actually open up Favela? This Favela? Cafe? Well, I've been organizing events for the community for almost 10 years, like the Brazilian Carnival in Portland, the Brazilian Festival. So for years, there was nothing, no place that people could gather and just connect each other, apart from restaurants, you know, Fogo de Chão, which they are great, but you, you don't need to spend the, $50 every time. You... And, and, and I imagine that, I mean, from your perspective, I've never been to Fogo de Chão, but mm-hmm. I imagine that's got to seem like an Americanized No, really, actually, they, 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 kept, they kept the culture pretty alive. I mean, I know the manager is a friend of mine, Alex. It's a great place. They actually kept you know, the cut the way we cut in Brazil. A lot of the servers are Brazilians. They kept the culture pretty alive. There are actually another, there are two restaurants here in Portland, the Fogo de Chão and Brazil Grill. 
And yeah. of course, Fogelstown is more known, but Brazil Grill is also a small restaurant and you know, meat style, and they're both very good. Okay. It's just like I was missing a place, more like a community place. So when me and my wife were thinking about, um, you know, maybe moving, maybe staying, and I said, well, if we're going to stay at least, let's push that to the next level. Okay, so how many years were you in Portland up at that point when you were trying uh, to juggle the decision? I think eight years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So about a year and a half ago, two years, but we opened a cafe a year and a half ago until, you know, figured out all the permits and everything. It took us a good eight months for us to get the permits. The city, you know. It, yeah, it's bureaucracy. Us, yeah, it's gave us a hard time. But in a way, everything happened in a, in a perfect way because we ended up getting a grant from the city, you know, as well. So they made it hard, but also they helped a lot. You know, a lot of organizations like a Prosper Portland, which is part of the city, helped us, Portland Mercado. And then we had time to, to be honest, decorate, have more time to think about, truly about menu. So when we opened, it felt like we were here for years. Yeah, yeah, because you already just had like maybe so many ideas going into it along with the decorating and stuff. Not, did not you have to buy a lot of stuff, like supplies and stuff for like, your decorating? We, did, we actually year. were connected to uh, a lot of people in the community and we tried to be truth to the idea of favela, which is a community, you know, supporting each other. So we have a, a lot of things here is actually recycled. Yeah. Or we found or we bought, you no know, used um, a lot we found, like uh, the seats where we're sitting, if you realize it's made of, uh, uh, how do you call this? Well, I'm uh, guessing these are kind of like potato sacks or the, maybe... The bag, yeah, but or, the, or, or, the wood is, is the pallets. It's, oh, it's pallets. yeah, wood pallets, like shipping pallets. And yeah, stuff, shipping pallets we made and then the coffee bags on the top and a lot of things I can tell you every a lot of things probably 80% was found or donated like the banana trees here the neighbors they gave you know it, it's very interesting how it just came just happened yeah and see what I like is I, I like uh, innovativeness when I go to like my local places in Portland mm -hmm. here and stuff you know and you don't see that as much as like when I've been in Portland for a really long time I used to see places that like every few weeks or so they would kind of change things up and that's what I've always liked about coming mm. to visit you guys because it's always there's always new things going on here right. there's new events very active I've attended a lot of great events that you've oh, yeah. done here oh yeah you remember the that cafe and stuff. yeah so yeah. before COVID I don't know how many events we came but we used to have like a, at least once a month live music once a month a Brazilian movie night or there was an event for kids you know the magic kind of for kids and we had the painting night you yeah, remember the coffee yeah, and yeah it was great and i remember the, you know even during covid we were able to socially distance and do that kind of little block party mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. the musicians and stuff you know right right and that yeah. was really good fun and i think you've done samba dancing classes too have you not uh, before covid yeah after yeah. we couldn't because the room that we used was all you know occupied and we couldn't do that but uh now, hopefully, as soon as possible, we can go back to those events. Yeah. yeah. But that's why we have, you know, we, in a way, COVID pushed us to the silver line, actually, that pushed us to create a space like that, like the side corridor in the front, which we had to cover to accommodate people outside. So now we have actually seats outside, maybe even more than what we had inside, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, you know, it's like what you've done with the uh, patio here is great with all the... Um, um, plexiglass roofing and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. to keep us dry here in, right. the, in the in the Portland rain. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and try nope. to keep us warm and toasty and stuff because right. there's not a lot of that. You know, I mean, 
I know with uh, COVID restrictions, certain restaurants have implemented, you know, better covering and mm -hmm. places to stay warm and be outside. But, right, right. But a lot of people are not, at least in the wintertime here, aren't trying to, uh, you know, go very many places because it's just it's cold. <laughs> it's cold, yeah. So at so. least the colors and everything else here help a lot of us and of course a lot of people to, to get less trouble, you know, suffer less in the winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm also curious. Um, so when did you move to Portland? I moved to Portland in 2011. Okay. It was the end of 2011. My ex-wife was from here, so I came to visit a couple of times. She came to England where I used to live, and eventually we decided, you know, let's stay here for now. Gotcha. And the plan was to stay here for a couple of years and go back to Brazil or England, but I ended up staying. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, so, are there things that you miss about either more so while you're in Portland, Brazil, UK? Uh, I think there are things that I missed in all these three places actually. Like uh, I missed in Brazil, of course, you not know, the family and friends, just the idea of seeing people more often, having conversation like that, in a, you know, almost daily basis. People just live close to each other and there's this idea of supporting and, being with each other, you know, that I miss that a lot, and the weather. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Just like the idea of, you know, <laughs> be able sure to swim. I'm sure anyone could miss the weather or whatever. Yeah. Maybe this was like sort of an easier transition since you were in London before you came to Portland. Yeah, I was gonna say that was colder <laughs> and darker, but you know what? They have the culture of pub, right? Going to the pub that yeah. it helped a lot. So people actually, they still keep doing things there. And there is less of a culture of having a car. So you see more people walking and, you know, in and out, so riding the tube. And yeah, stuff. so it's yeah. nice to see people doing things. I, I actually felt a bigger sense of uh, connection there, even if it was colder and darker there. And here it seems that in the winter, people in Northwest just do, do less. You know, they go stay at home. And my first yeah. five years when I moved to Portland, every other weekend I would I had friends up in Seattle, and I would mm. drive up to come visit them, just because Seattle mm. had so much more of an exuberance and a passion and an mm. energy as a city. You know, where it's like. I could be up there, it's cold and rainy the same way it is here in Portland, but right. people were really just still trying to go out and, you know, have a good time and, yeah. you know, be more kind of, have like these sort of exuberant art events and stuff in people's houses and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Not to say Portland wasn't doing those things also at that time, but it just seemed the... Uh, the the waving the white flag and kind of give up right, <laughs> from the seasonal right. depression type of thing was more prevalent for my experiences in Portland oh, yeah. than they were with like the say the Seattle lights and the people in up Port in Seattle. I feel I was actually curious about comparing Seattle to Portland and how people connect each other because although Portland is a very you know liberal and open-minded place, but at the same time I feel that a lot of people live in their own cliques, the little mini groups. So. They are open to a certain point, like as long as they are part of your group, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or you are part of their group. So I feel that what is needed here is to have a broader community or people or groups connect to other people. And that's, yeah. I think, the next step here in Portland. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And actually, that's what I've been admiring about you. It's seemingly when I've been following you on social media and stuff as of late within about the last year and a half, it seems like you've been more engaged with like more community outreach more community efforts uh neighboring businesses uh, i can't remember the name of the thing you were set up you were doing a pop-up for a while there oh the there was two the side yard farm in yeah. the north that you guys went there i think you went there right yeah in north northeast portland and there was one called the 
the come through market, which was the people of color and black communities, a little market that they opened for free for us and helped a lot this year. Yeah, yeah, and that I feel like that was very important because I helped with a lot of like you know the civil rights and the racial injustice movements that right. obviously all finally hit to the boiling point of explosion this year. You know, right, right. So politics aside, you know. The city's been, I think, irking and needing for something of this nature for quite some time right. now. You know, and as so much as as much because, as I hear, because too many people are feeling too isolated without yeah. their own self-expression. I think. Oh yeah, and then you put together COVID, you know, yeah. then you're more <laughs> isolated. So I think just everything came to a point. It's like a, and as much as I hear, you know, people are it's very, it's not as diverse as, as other places. Like if you go to. Florida or you know California, but at the same time I feel that people are very open. They really have a, a good heart and openness to get to know other cultures here. Yeah, it's very very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. So um, I would like to um, those listening to the show right now. Um, I'll be posting an email link at the end of this episode, and every week, every further episode, you'll find that in the description. If you guys listening right now have any comments that you would like to share about community growth for your own city or other things and ideas or like to touch on the topic, I would love to hear your input. So feel free to email me and then I'll like to address those issues once the emails start coming in next week or maybe a month from now, just depending on you know if I start receiving feedback from you guys. But continuing on, um, Rodrigo just uh, has got a new product here in the cafe that he's working with. It's like a panettone. It's like a, that's for you to try as well as your half. Oh, great. That's a grilled panettone. So panettone is an Italian uh, cake, usually traditional in the Christmas. But in Brazil, it's very big, maybe even more than Italy right now. So the story goes that this guy came from Italy and opened uh, this little bakery in Brazil and started to produce more. Now, the brand, one of the biggest brands, which is Balduco, is huge, and now they're actually exporting to US. And so we, we every year we buy extras, not just for Christmas, but to make this grilled panettone with butter, like a grill, and with some cream, so it's a, a different way. But some people you have used for French toast and things like that. I like it with uh, the way you guys grilled here because it, it lightens it up. It doesn't make it seem so dense, sort of like a German fruitcake, which right. can seem like, you know, a very bready mm -hmm. um, meal experience to mm -hmm. eat on its own right. So right. this is nice. It sort of lightens it up where it's sort of like a, kind of got the consistency of a cross between a croissant and a scone, I think. Mm, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. With and the fruit flavors, which yeah. you know aren't, aren't too sweet. You know what's funny? Good. Back in Brazil when I was there, I actually didn't used to like panettone. <laughs> yeah. In Brazil, then being outside, been living abroad for so long, it's been almost like a, no, that went almost 20 years now, total. And I miss these things, and now I really like panettone, you know. Yeah, well, I think also here in Portland on a rainy day like this, this is a, this is very delicious, and mm -hmm. this is a. Um, a very comforting little dessert. <laughs> yeah, and it's perfect to match your coffee, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's the other thing. You have, uh, you're not like a traditional, you know, Italian or Americanized Italian cafe. Mm. You do all these different drinks and stuff. And um, are they of your creation or are some of these traditional Brazilian coffee drinks? Mm. I think that is, uh, I don't know if there is anything that's original. 
in this world everything is influenced by other things. <laughs> well, that's true. But yeah, but with that said, I for sure played a lot with uh, how they look or you know the different flavors. For example, the drink you drink in the Café Doce de Leite, the caramel coffee. We make the caramel in a house and we put in a ream. So there is nothing like that that I've seen in Brazil or anywhere else. So I wanted to be playful with no colors and taste and do something more festive than just like a normal cup and you know. Yeah. And, and add more flavor. I remember going to a coffee shop here in Portland actually. And they said it was a specialty coffee. And the only thing they did was pump some extra flavor and sell for six dollars. I was like, that's not special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just like every other cafe is just kind of using the Torani syrups or whatever. Right, you know, right, right. I was like, I'm, like you no. know, and then Portland, you know, praises itself on having such a really big food scene, but you know, and we do we in know. its own right. But you got, but there's also a lot of like the same thing over and over right. again and stuff. We know? for sure benefit, and we're lucky that. We have we bring a lot of things that are very unique to Portland food-wise, like uh, the pony queijo, the cheese bread. You can find the what's the name of the? Uh, there is a big brand, um, Brazi Bites, which is the Brazi Bites, yeah, yeah, the big. Actually, the owner lives here in Portland, and it's a more you know bigger scale and mass produced, and it, it's okay. It's a good pony queijo, but ours is is handmade. You know, it's ours for us here. It's, it's a different thing and different flavors that people never tried and some you know, different kind of tastes and foods, appetizers. But the coffee, the most traditional ones, probably is the one you have in the caramel. And we have the chocolate fudge we put around. Yeah. 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 And every season we try to change. We do have the Nutella coffee, but we have to change. So this season, that you, I think you tried before, the pasoquinha, the peanut latte. Yeah, and that was really interesting. I like that because it's, you know, it's like, for me as a kid, you know, growing up and eating like Halloween candies, like, you know, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Right. And that's the only way I can describe it. It's mm. like, it's like having a, having a latte and a Reese's peanut butter cup together. It's, mm. a, it's a beautiful little marriage. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> so it's Maybe we just need to put more chocolate on top. Right. Yeah. Mm. And your Instagram, I guess, has a lot of photos. So um, listeners, if they want to check out and see uh, pictures mm -hmm. of of your food and your drinks uh, yeah totally our instagram is favela brazilian cafe and um, instagram instagram and facebook but instagram is it's the well it's more active because we post a lot of things yeah sure yeah okay and then favela spelled f-a-b-e-l-a l-a yeah brazilian cafe three words at instagram or right. on Facebook. Yeah, right now, for example, there is uh, someone that we actually are very proud to be the place that we say yes to pretty much everything. Like uh, when you and Nessa came with the idea of doing the sip and paint night, like, yes, let's do it. And then we used to do a Brazilian movie night and then a group of Italians came, can we do an Italian movie night? Sure, let's do it. And then let's yeah. do a German night and we're like, yeah, let's do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So now what's happening, someone came here and said, can, we, can I show my art here? She does a beautiful, colorful, like a fruits and things in gouache. Yeah, so now you're gonna have a monthly artist? Yeah, so we're like, oh, that's a good idea because we didn't have a wall up to them because where the, I don't know if you saw where the frames are uh, shown, it used to be a seat, so now we cannot sit people inside, but people come inside to order anyway. So I thought it would be nice, we thought it would be nice to have at least for now a monthly artist, people can see what's going on. Her name is, Barley, by the way, Caroline Villarreal. You can see her Instagram. Her Instagram is C Z O O Z Y. C Z O O Z Y. And her art is pretty nice and it's very, you know, goes along with our theme of 
fruits and colors. She actually painted one that's banana. Banana leaves, she said she got inspired by our banana oh, table. Yeah, 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 and you've got like some palm trees here. And right. Stuff, and like other like plants and stuff. I love how like you've got like a little birdcage and like, you know, um, not a real parrot, but you know, your mm -hmm. little animal parrot, but you've got like parrot sounds, I think, pipe in here sometimes, mm. you know, so even on the coldest days, it can still feel, uh, you know, tropical like brazil you right. know like out here on the patio and mm -hmm. stuff and that's great <laughs> and i actually forgot we we didn't even turn the heater here on top of us <laughs> yeah we could have put the heater here <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah mm -hmm. and then um then brazil uh, favela brazilian cafe is also a market a little market to buy brazilian goods and candies and stuff was that uh was the idea of doing both the market and the cafe from the day one, or did you incorporate one after the other? It was uh, from the day one, especially when we came to see the, the space here, there were these shelves there, beautiful wood shelves, like up there waiting. And we're like, oh yeah, for sure we need to sell some things here, you know? Yeah. So kind of the cafe, for sure, the idea came first, but then they had the space, and now it's, it's growing and growing, so we increased the number of shelves and add freezer and fridge, but basically the cafe is divided in three main things. One is the the are the food and drinks the coffee and the food the second one is the market and the products we import frozen or you know things from brazil and the third one are the community and events we do here sure now we're not doing much of those events but this this triangle it was it is always in our mind like uh, how to navigate um, you know among this tree and maybe they actually connect to each other yeah and then um is there anything you have to say personally like like uh, about Fo the foster powell neighborhood because i feel like the foster powell neighborhood is really good for also like cultural meshing foster powell actually i participate in a, in a meeting which is the association of the associations in portland of the neighborhood association and and business associations and the prosper portland which is the main umbrella that helps this business and neighborhood associations they said that foster and power associations they are one of the most active in portland and i can see that like they are so supportive just as simple as you know before doing some of their meetings here or asking how they could help and you know in the past i participated in my old business in many i don't know business meetings and groups and it wasn't that supportive. People would come and say, hey, my name is Tanana, that's what I do. It wasn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Very passive. This Here people are truly interested in in helping, supporting. A, a big shout out to the Neighborhood Association, uh, especially Eric, I think Furlong is his last name, but he used to be the president of the Neighborhood Association. And he always, you know, come and support and help us with some things in the cafe. And, it's, you know, he said, you know, this is my neighborhood as, as well so he, he, he's very keen in having business like ours open instead of being one more you know vacant building and you know so people are we we couldn't be in a better place we're very blessed yeah it's a great neighborhood you know yeah uh, like when you get closer into like downtown and close to the southeast or northeast and stuff you know obviously a lot of the, the gentrification and the rebuilding and the new condos and everything is right. popped up and kind of pushed out like 
more longer standing businesses and stuff and I really like that about Foster Powell because yeah. it stays very cultural and rooted and historical to some extent you and know, if in, you know the history of this neighborhood totally <laughs> and it's very uh, unique in a way that like uh, all the na other neighborhoods you sometimes you find the same businesses in the same neighborhood like uh, exactly you find the, the little big burger or you know the salt and straws or you know the this business the blue star it becomes like a model a copy of each other exactly and, and I remember when I moved here there was a room available a building available close to us and I thought oh, it would be nice to have a maybe salting straw here but then the people in the neighborhood association said actually no we like that every neighborhood is different and unique so yeah. we rather have different businesses here than have the same ones you know and give opportunity it is a very different approach it's not so basically what I'm trying to say is that the neighborhood neighborhood associations or business associations are only good as long as people are active and here is not there is there is no one that's one person in charge like everybody is active yeah you know they are keen in helping each that's other that's exactly what i like about foster Powell. everybody that's around this neighborhood not everybody of course to be fair because we all know people move more people move to portland every year you know right this has just become uh, one of the new hotspot cities on the west coast and it's been that way for the last 15 years but that being said, I do feel Foster Powell is still kind of one of those original Portland neighborhoods mm. where a lot of people have been here for a really long time. And, right. And there's a lot more emphasis on the preservation because it's not, you know, people that have only just been here for a couple of years that, you know, want to see something that's new and fresh. <laughs> right. Like a, one of our dear friends now and neighbors in the back of the cafe, they've been living here for 40 years. Yeah, I was see, asking that's what her. I love about Foster it's Powell. amazing. I was asking her like, a, what, what do you remember about you know when you guys moved here? And, and you know, of course, she said it was totally different, and people you know left and came. But now it's the best like that is being you know since ever. Just the culture and community, people you know, just very nice connection with with people you know. Yeah. Yeah. Is there uh, any? Would you like to speak any Portuguese? Is there any kind of uh, Brazilian Portuguese phrases that? that is like a saying that emphasizes community? Well, one thing that I think is nice for people to know is that uh, not many people, some people don't know that, but in Brazil, of course, we speak Portuguese and some people think it's Spanish. So, so often people come here and say, gracias, you know? <laughs> and I do speak Spanish as well, but in Portuguese, if there is one thing you could say is how to say thank you, which is obrigado. 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 And if you're a woman, you can say obrigada, coming from a woman. Obrigada, obrigado, you know. There was this sure. lady that used to come here, and she's very sweet, she's like, gracias. And then eventually, after a few months, I told my wife, we have to tell her someday. And then I told her, like, well, in Portuguese, actually, it's obrigado. And now she say, obrigado. She's almost there, but she's saying a Brazilian version. <laughs> oh, it's funny because it almost makes me think of Japanese. You know, oh, because you obrigado. Say, arigato. Yeah. <laughs> Some people say it, comes, it came from there because that is... Is Portuguese different. as a language, you think? No, no the, the uh, word uh, obrigado. Uh, the word obrigado yeah. might have came from Yeah, Japanese. because all the other Latin is gracias, grazie, you know, all the Latin... Yeah. You know, sometimes it's different, but obrigado. In is, French, uh, you say merci, I think. Yeah, which I don't know the roots, but at least the gracias and grazie, it goes to the same roots, and obrigado is totally different. So, yeah. We have a lot of influence. I don't know if, if you know, Brazil has, actually, Sao Paulo state has the second largest Japanese community after Japan. Oh, interesting. It's Japan and then Sao Paulo. So, we have a huge population influence of Japanese culture. And how, how, how far back does that date back? Do I think, think like it's the, after the, the first. 
World War, I believe. They came kind of escaping, I'm not sure. But I know that in 2008 they celebrated 100, well, it's good to know. 100 years was celebrated in 2008. Interesting. So now, um, 110 years or so, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So, um, closing out uh, this uh, segment of Life Stamps, uh, this has been my guest, Rodrigo, and I would just like to ask you, um, you know, give you time to talk. Tell me everything you like, miss, favorite places in Brazil. I've always been interested in the country itself. Places I, I miss, there is a beach in the in a north coast of Sao Paulo called Ubatuba. And Ubatuba. that that Ubatuba and that coast between Sao Paulo and Rio is called the Green Coast. Okay. I I miss that part, but just being a beach where you can swim, I miss that. You know, swim in a water that's warm. Yeah. <laughs> do you uh, do you see different wildlife there and stuff, or not so much on the coast? On the so? coast, not so much. Not yeah. so much. Um, yeah, it's more. It's full of nature for sure. It's not like a Sao Paulo city. Sao Paulo is more like a New York. But you you see things there. It's not as you wouldn't see maybe in the middle of you know countryside of Brazil it would be more like a Amazon or more richer you know numbers of I don't know richer environment but in a coast not so much yeah. sure sure so what's the uh, pace of life like as far as like like uh, coast life Brazilian coast, coast life coast life it varies it depends if it's from the north middle south like in Sao Paulo southeast uh, Brazil people still they work hard, but I think if you live in the coast, you, you spend time to relax a bit more. Sure. Because if you live in Sao Paulo and from people just don't stop, bang, bang. But also, even if it is non-stop, we still had time, have time to spend with friends doing these things. I remember working during the day, going to college at night, and still have time to see friends and family. Yeah. You know, sometimes I hear people say like, oh no, I have to wake up tomorrow, I'm not gonna do anything. It's like a, Dude, yeah. life is short. <laughs> life is short. You, you gotta, know, you gotta live up those moments. You gotta when, live when, when, when it exactly. You're gonna get old, I and mean. you're gonna realize you worked until you're 60 years old and didn't see your friends and family. You're gonna remember all your work. Yeah. You know. So I think we, I know we, we emphasize community and connection with each other way more than work. Yeah. That's a, that's the thing. We, a lot of people they make money to live life, not the other way around. Don't live life to make money. Yeah. You know. So uh, is there anything you could say maybe about like? Um, Brazil as a nation as a whole like for like an art scene or anything of that nature art scene it's very I think I compare Brazil in the opposite direction than US in a way like our north the north and northeast especially northeast Brazil is very rich north is a very rich uh, art wise because has a lot of Portuguese but African influence indigenous influence is very colorful uh, people don't have as, as the same opportunities than in south or southeast where they have, there is more money, but it's very rich musically. A lot of comedians and creative people come from north, northeast. Sure. It's like the south here in the US, you know what I mean? I think about Louisiana and Mardi Gras, all this party and music. Yeah. That kind of, the, so the south of the US is kind of the north of Brazil. But, how, have but less. however, New York is like still like the art mecca. And, now, the and, then, and then New States, York, exactly. But... And then in New York is compared to Sao Paulo. Like a, there is art, if you want to make a living and you know, make it happen, Sao Paulo and Rio are the places because Rio is like LA is where the main national TV is there, you see models and actors, if you want to go into acting, that's Rio. And if you want art and everything and make it happen and make money, Sao Paulo, Rio, you know, probably Sao Paulo because it's the biggest city in the country, so, you know, so that's the thing. And people from all over Brazil come to Sao Paulo, so you don't have to leave, although it's, of course, important to leave the place and visit, but even staying in Sao Paulo, you can see art from all over the country. 
That's you, great. Yeah, you can yeah, go yeah. to these art art fairs, you know, street fairs, and see art from northeast, from north, and from Bolivia, from other countries. Yeah. Yeah, Sao Paulo is a little bit of uh, a, a world itself. Cultural melting pot, totally. capital for Brazil. Yeah. And, yeah, and to be truth, a lot of people from north and northeast, they were the ones that built the big cities, you know? Not yeah. different, I don't know if it's different here, but that's what they do. They came, not much education sometimes, but willing to make money, and they did, and they worked hard, and some people, you know, struggle, but they came there, they built the big cities, Sao Paulo, Rio, Minas, a lot of big cities, they came to, to build there. Yeah. Yeah. So the art, the art scene, musically, I love Sao Paulo, because, I mean, I, 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 I used to like to go to plays, uh, theater plays, and I heard that in Sao Paulo City, there are 120 plays, there were in the past, 120 plays per week. Wow. Like, it's insane. I can go any so, day. And yeah, then from free to super expensive Broadway, you know, it's crazy if you think about it. So I always, I grew up going to a theater and, you know, watching, you know, nice plays from kids and now and after as an adult. And I miss that, you know, go to shows and things. I mean, the music scene in Portland is it's great, but it's, I miss having more it, things, not but just every, music. But everything's kind of independent. You don't feel like it's city sponsored. You just feel like... But there, there's, but there's but a there lot of city... artists in Portland, but there's not so much like the city's trying to pull them out. Well, but there, thing, the city maybe. helps even less. I don't think that the problem is the city. I think is the challenge is people wanting and supporting there. I mean, they don't. We don't rely on the government there. I mean, the government. I don't think that is much to do with that. But well, I miss, for example. But, but then why? Why do? You, why does Sao Paulo have so many venues for? Because there's for so many people, and people actually want to. You know, there is a there is something to be said with the number of people, the population, and as you have more people in our very, you know, metropolitan place, they ask for culture. And then I'm not talking just music because in Portland mainly I feel there's music, but sure. dance needs to grow here, theater needs to grow here. You know, all the arts and means R&B, a lot of things need to grow. I wholeheartedly agree <laughs> with everything about that statement. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. Portland definitely needs exuberance. It's needed. Kind of what I was talking about before, you know, it was hard for me to slow to the pace of Portland life for my first couple of years. Right. You know, I came out here from Colorado, which was a little faster moving than mm -hmm. a lot of places are faster moving than Oregon. Oregon's just a great place for nature and right. there's good music and food in Portland, but it doesn't move very quickly. It's not exuberant no. and it doesn't have that passion that just gets you get you going you I mean, know? and it's so. changed i think people like you and me and more people coming and bringing you know our influence to here and learn about the influence here i think we're gonna eventually it, it, it is changing right now i can feel that and eventually we get better and better like we yeah. are promoting things like the events that we do the carnival we brought 800 people yeah. to this carnival you know yeah. so we can do things you know it just takes a bit more time yeah <laughs> so you got anything uh big coming down uh in the next month or so that you would like the listeners to know about well it's sold out now but for the future reference we're gonna do for the first time our valentine's uh Bra actually a brazilian valentine's experience so it's a dinner that we're gonna do a four course meal or four meal course <laughs> i always get confused four course meal and then we it sold out, so we put the, the table's gonna be outside and uh, set you know, meal, and then people can, in the future, if they wanna connect with us through Instagram and send their contact, we can let them know the next times. But it, it, it's, it's for Valentine's Day, so in a couple of weeks, and it's, it's already sold out. So we wanna, with that, knowing that, we're probably gonna start, you doing, start doing more dinners, like special dinners and events at night. 
Oh, that sounds great, especially as it starts warming up and stuff. Too. Yeah, but they have, we have heaters now here, so. Yeah. And it's covered, <laughs> even though we don't want to stop. I want to get that feeling from England, like we cannot stop because the weather is bad. You just get prepared, you know, put a bigger jacket and, you yeah. know, we have heaters here and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to deal with it as, you got to deal with the elements as they come your way because, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> They're not just going to make everything great for you, make everything paradise for you every day. <laughs> exactly. You just make the best that you can, you know, instead of waiting for a good weather. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, I think that uh, kind of concludes uh, my episode with uh, Rodrigo. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for giving me the time for the interview today. And it's always good seeing you again. <laughs> totally. Thank you for the invitation. Good luck and congrats in this new project. I hope it goes, you know grows and grows forever well the good thing about every new project which is clearly you're with somebody i think of who's got a lot of experience in this department everything's a learning curve so you just oh, always yeah. and that's kind of the enjoyable part of it i think right right <laughs> i love that phrase then said in, in life sometimes i win sometimes i learn yes you know and the truth is that we always learn you know doing well or not we always learning yeah yeah so um yeah thanks for listening this week and say it again rodrigo Cool, thank you very much. Sometimes in life. Oh yeah, sometimes in life you win and sometimes you learn. All right, thanks <laughs> for listening everybody. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed my interview this week with my friend Rodrigo at Favela Brazilian Cafe. It's always a pleasure meeting with him. And uh, that concludes Life Stamps for this week. Um, this episode is being published a little bit early, but in the near future, you can find a new episode being published every Sunday, uh, and I will have a new episode once a week, every Sunday, as well as um, you can uh, give me a listener support, throw me your questions through my email link, you can always um, save the episode to listen to later, whatever works for you. You just do what you need to do if you are interested and you want to continue following my show. And I'll see you next week. Thank you very much.